foundation for audio penetration is open for business. The CBS Sports Pro Wrestling Podcast returns, and it's back with a bang. Get you fired up for what can only be called the big leagues of combat sports podcasting. Welcome to the big show, brother. Oh, yeah, Hulk. The Brian Campbell, without question, the voice that you hear. And the guy, at least up until now, whose name is still on the marquee. In this Campbell podcast. And the guy who gets you fired up for some pro wrestling sports entertainment and never, by the way, the other way around. Is that what gets you off? Don't you understand? We get them off. They don't get us off. Woo, yes. All right there, Rick. Let's get it started. Another loaded episode. Hey, you guys already know this already. WWE is not going to entertain you on Monday nights, but the ITC will on Wednesday afternoons. And it's backed, underwritten by that performance-enhancing audio. You already know that. You already know my name. You already know the name of the man I'm about to bring in. But before I do, reminder, you want to hear things like, I don't know, instant analysis pods? Get out there and leave us a five-star review. Let's raise that number. Let's get up to 400. What do you think? What do you think? Can you do that? Can you take the time out of your life to tell people that you like this show, to write a sentence, to put five damn stars down there. Just five, guys. That's all I'm asking for. Just five. Five times, five times, five times. All right, it's up to you. It's a holiday season. You can be giving, you know, you can, or you can do all the receiving. It's your choice. All right, let me bring in my co Oh, this guy's already telling me, keep it going, keep it going. Here it comes. Intro over. Time for the bad guy. Say hello to the bad guy. Yeah, he never hedged, guys. He never hedged. Adam Silverstein. Hey, now, look, we have a hard out today. I'm trying to get the maximum out of our time together. The fans deserve it. The fans demand it. That's what we are here to do, BC. And I'm very happy to have the third man back in the ITC today. Yes, not Nick Costos. That's not where you're going with that. Right, right, right? Not only did no, he it's not, not win it, I felt that he lost it. You guys come up with a name for the soundboard. Maybe we'll uh, promote him as the third man of the show. The third man, yeah, I like that. I like that idea. By the way, Nick, I have touched a little bit of base with him. He does want to come back on. He does. Well, but but, well, that, look, but we we've heard do that. Ha- said we, that before, heard it before. We do have the year-end reward, you know, not rewards, year-end awards episode coming up at some point. It is December after all. Maybe we'll get, maybe Santa will leave us something nice under we'll our, uh, Greek under our tree. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll get into Greek week. All right, before we get into the week that was in pro wrestling, we do st- start out a little bit somber and R.I.P., the great dynamite kid, Tom Billington, passing away uh, today, I believe this week, at the age of 60. Uh, for somebody like me from the 80s, wow. I mean, it's still real to me, damn it. I mean, jokes aside, dynamite kid is one of the major reasons I'm a wrestling fan today. He was ahead of his time in terms of that hard British style that was, of course, mixed with his time in Calgary and the Heart Dungeon. And you go back, I did on YouTube this morning, to his matches with Tiger Mask in the early 80s, that run they had in 1982 in Japan, and they're doing revolutionary stuff. I personally go back to the first WWE pay-per-view I ever bought, the Wrestling Classic, the tournament from Chicago, October 85, from the Rosemont Horizon, and that single elimination tournament, which featured 1985-level WWF matches, which are all schmazes, kick-punch, kick-punch, I saw a match in the semifinals 
Randy Macho Man Savage versus an absolutely juiced up dynamite kid that was 20, 30 years ahead of his time. Seriously, it's about seven minutes long. All stiff snap suplexes. It ends with a superplex from Dynamite Kid off Randy, in which Randy then reaches back and hooks the leg in pure heel style to steal the pin. Great match, great finish. British Bulldogs, probably Silver King, are going to go down as my favorite tag team of all time, and I mean that because the the combination of power and speed so ahead of their time. We're not here to tell you that Dynamite Kid has the best reputation ever outside the ring, was a bit of a bully. Everybody knows the... The Jacques Rougeau roll-a-quarters story, that's all over the shoot interviews. But a guy who physically had been in a lot of pain, been in a wheelchair for many years. He has one of the most honest autobiographies out there about his steroid use and about the stuff he was willing to put himself through. But Silver King, I went back and watched the Tiger match this morning from 82, New Japan. You got Dynamite Kid doing headbutts off the top rope from three quarters across the ring. This was a guy who, all or nothing, every time out, and was able to just show you something in 1985 that you didn't think was possible. That's when they had like the equivalent of the cruiserweight championship under WWF in New Japan, right? Didn't he have the WWF like junior heavyweight title while wrestling in New Japan or something like that? I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't All know right. I, I thought I thought that's what I remembered, but I um, you know, candidly, I didn't really become a wrestling fan until the you know, early mid nineties. So dynamite kid was not a huge part of my wrestling fandom. That said, I've called the British bulldog, one of the most underrated performers of all time. There's no question. The British bulldogs are one of the most underrated teams of all time. And dynamite kid is certainly among those who can be considered underrated as a professional wrestler. Yeah. So, I mean, he influenced um, everybody Adam, from Jericho to Benoit to, you know, especially everybody in that Calgary crew. I mean, just right. for for a small guy was able to, to to I mean just doing big moves that you didn't see back then. It was such a crisp, quick, hard style that that like I said, you go back and watch it then it jumps off the screen in terms of what they were doing. So yeah, absolutely, and uh, certainly he will be missed. Uh, you know, difficult age sixty, it's young, um, and on his birthday, you know, at at that. Wow. But BC, we would be remiss if we did not do him in the world of professional wrestling justice. By moving into the main event. This is the main event. And BC, we're going to start off this week with SmackDown. And really, let's just two words for you. SmackDown ruled on Tuesday night. Uh, start to finish. I got four really, words for you from The Miz. Hold on. SmackDown Live is now the A show. Maybe that was five words, but it's damn true. It's totally Seven true. words, but close. Um, it, It's the A show. It's been the A show. The first 15 minutes of SmackDown provided more juice than the entire three hours of raw combined. And really it's just, I I sent a tweet, you know, after watching on Tuesday night, I actually fell asleep during the show for unrelated reasons, not because it was bad um, because it wasn't, but it, it boggles my mind that these two are the same company to the point where it's like NXT, how is NXT and the main roster, the same company? How is, how are raw are, let's use the plural, uh, are raw and SmackDown, the same company, can you answer that question? I think it has to be centered around Vince. We know Vince is very busy this week, had his XFL announcement today in terms of the cities and the stadiums. That was rather uneventful, to say the least. Yep. But yep. Uh, it, it leads me to believe that Vince doesn't have a huge creative hand on what goes on on Tuesday, that Vince certainly doesn't have any creative hand on what goes on on Wednesdays or at the takeovers, but that he, 
Monday night is still his baby because you're seeing a very Vince product. And I don't know if it's strategic against the idea of let's wait out the NFL and college football competition we're going to get on Monday nights. It's the end of the year. That's BS. That's crap. I'm so sick of it. Guys, Raw's been around since 1993. Can we get past those type of thinkings? It's just crap. It's absolute crap. I cannot take it. I cannot watch it. I cannot win with them. Can't do it. Can't do it. I need winners. I can't win on Monday nights. Monday nights drags down my entire week. Tuesday, I can't tell every week if SmackDown is fantastic or if it's just in comparison to Raw that you're like, wow, that chick, she's pretty hot right there. No, it's not a comparison. It's fantastic in its own right, deservingly so. Deserves the praise that we're giving it. Um, It was reported last week, I think, think it was by Mike Johnson, a PW insider. If I'm getting the sourcing wrong, I apologize. But that Vince McMahon last week got like com- got bored and decided to write the entire show himself. Oh, that explains so it all. That explains that explains, it all. that explains that. Now, what I will say about Raw, and we're supposed to be talking about SmackDown here, but maybe we'll switch it up just because we are talking about Raw here. Um, this week's edition of Raw wasn't much better. But it definitely was a step forward from last week to the point where if this week's episode was last week, I wouldn't have gone nuts about it being awful. I just would have said, man, that was a ho-hum, pretty bad edition of Raw. I would have said it was a waste of my time, whereas last week was physically painful to sit through. But this wasn't like that much better. Like, really, let's be really honest. Okay, here's the thing. There were things that happened this week at least. So that's why it was better. They actually tried a little exactly. bit. Exactly. I just think exactly. the things that they tried, they didn't pull off, and it was vanilla, and it sucked, and it was everyone going through the damn motions. And, I, I mean, we, we do this every three weeks. I can't do it anymore. We do it every three weeks. I know everybody wants me to go nuts and scream and then quit and say I'm not watching Raw anymore, and then I'll get another 37 DMs, which I did this week, that said, you're right, BC. I'm with you. I'm done on Mondays. I only listen to the show for you guys to tell me what happened on Mondays because I can't do it anymore. I wish I could join that revolution, and I'm close. I'm really close. I can't do it. Vince, just he doesn't have it anymore. He may have it once in a while to blow off the firework like Ambrose turning heel on, uh, on, on the night Reigns is sick, but he doesn't have it after that. He doesn't well, have that's it. the thing. Every time that you go out, uh, so recently when you've dipped out, I've, which you never actually do, uh, I've always kind of been like, ah, you're overreacting, overreacting. But this time, with the holiday season coming up, people's schedules being busy, I support if people don't want to watch Raw for three or four weeks you know, leading into the run-up to Royal Rumble, maybe those two weeks before Royal Rumble, I'm okay with that. I support it. It's a three-hour show. There's a lot of other things going on. Monday Night Football is amping up. There's three weeks left to the regular season, and there's some better things to watch. That said, I thought two weeks ago, or last week's episode of Raw, was truly deplorable for how bad it was. This week, I did find some nuggets that I did enjoy that I at least thought rectified in some manner what went what went down last week and and i really start with that and i think we're going to disagree off the top and we well, will like the saying, script and talk. Let, let me look let me let me find the spot on the ass that there's not a pimple like that's what that's what you're doing right here you're trying to uh, find no, that I, white I don't piece feel, of white I, no, flesh that's not what i'm doing you're trying to find that that spot that fleshy spot and as i see the raw pink meat on your back brother i'm gonna take it to another level oh that's just weird terry sorry sorry <laughs> but let, let, let us flip the script we'll, we will talk about raw first we always end up getting into it anyway and we'll talk about smackdown later but bc i know you're gonna disagree with me i thought the dean ambrose seth rollins segment was a major step up from last week oh my god i do now you're, I, I was pausing for you to comment uh, uh but I, I don't know i, I uh... What a load of crap! Uh, what? 
Okay, so I'll explain myself. The gas masks were awful, okay? And Dean Ambrose coming out looking exactly like Bane. Like, Vince must have watched Dark Knight, you know, the weekend prior and said, wow, that guy's pretty cool. Let's get it. Let's make Dean Ambrose into Bane, you know? I, I don't know what that was about. But aside from that, I thought his promo was outstanding. No. I thought he moved business with Rollins. And I thought Rollins, the attack, the back and forth, was great by the ring. Dude, then then you were doing nothing but comparing it to the week before, which people were saying was maybe the worst Raw of all time. No. Do you know what happened on Tuesday night? You know what we got? Another dose of Becky Lynch and another Let's dose of Let's talk about Dean Ambrose. Dan- and no, hold on. This is, this is for a reason. Another dose of Becky Lynch and another dose of Daniel Bryan. Two heels that are on a, another plane right now. And do you know what we have on Raw? The poor man's version of each. We have Ronda Rousey, who's not a heel. Maybe it's not the perfect direct comparison. But Rousey or Nia Jax and Dean Ambrose. Whereas Daniel Bryan's jumping off the... I, there was a point in Daniel Bryan on Tuesday night that my I just stopped myself and sort of had not a body experience. was like, I can't stop smiling watching this. This is so much fun. Do you know what the Dean made me feel like? like Look at all of this crap in this ring. It's so... Uh, Non-organic, it's so just like... Well, the, all the gas mask stuff was totally forced and terrible. Once that mask came off, I thought he delivered a very solid promo that no. made a lot of sense with his character and brought Rollins back out and increased the aggression. I was honestly fine with it. Do you know what I he really sounded was. like cutting that promo? Like, I, And I made a joke about it on Twitter. I'm like, we're seconds away from him talking about... Uh, uh, toast in millennials and tight skinny jeans like that was just it didn't feel right coming out of his mouth it didn't seem to match his character like okay cool he had a brown leather jacket that's cool but like his character is not somebody who's going to care about vaccinations and what the crowd smells like his but again, character once the gas mask came off they got past that part i agree it was terrible and and it that part and it Look, the promo, I thought continued to take him in the wrong direction that he can't talk as a heel and on top of that again they had another like hockey fight. Okay, that's great. They have the same brawl every single week for a feud that is a can't miss feud. Meaning the depth to this story being told of Seth turning on the shield originally, then they made good and all this stuff. You can't screw this up. And then to top it off that they popped the champagne on the night Reigns essentially said he had cancer was again vintage Vince. It was like, oh wow, he still might have it. This is going to be great. No, it fell right back into current Vince. We had one See, night of vintage Vince. This is what Vince. you do. This is what you do because you're right. It's not running on all cylinders, and they're not hitting the high notes, and it's not the best it could be. But what you often do is just because something isn't as great as it could be, and it's not living up to your expectations, to you that means it's terrible. Now, okay, well, it's not I to me. It, it, it's the it's seriously the seventy five tweets and DMs I got. It's, no, it's, now, it's like now I was it's, see that's not what I got because I got a lot of people because I tweeted I was like, wow, that was a pretty damn good Dean promo, and I got a lot of people saying, wow, that was a huge improvement from last week. I totally agree okay, with you. I'll tell you what, I'm not surprised. You want to know why I'm not surprised? Because that's why they don't need to change. Because people can watch that and be like, oh, okay, wasn't as bad as last week. I'm okay with it now. I'm back in, and that's why they don't need to change. And but it's you're not treating until... it. You're treating it like like okay, last week it was an F. It was awful. Terrible. Yeah, and this week this, was like a C- minus at best. But again, yeah, it was a for C, a C- feud between two top stars that had so much damn juice, it's not working. It's the but same thing every week. But you treat the C- minus like it's an F because it's not an A. That's what I'm trying it to get across. It has to be at least a B+. Plus. This, the feud writes itself. 
There's so much emotion involved. I don't mind if they play off the Roman stuff. I don't mind if they insult me while they're playing off the Roman stuff because it's heavy, it's thick, there's a lot there. And they basically gave him a skinny jeans Rousey promo, and he didn't deliver it good. And look, the gas max, whatever, it was lame, it, is, it was what it was. And then again, they chased each other through the crowd, and they had another fight. All right, what do you got for me? Nothing. Well, he was, avoid- he was avoiding him for weeks, and he didn't show up last week. So you act like they've been doing this every week. They have not been doing that every week. That was the first serious physical altercation between them, and that's what it led up to. That's what the promo led they've up to. They've had brawls since that. They've had bra- many brawls. Remember when Ambrose came in when he wasn't talking yet and he attacked Rollins? At that point, there was some s- suspense into what's really happening. But what's- it wasn't an equal. It wasn't not in a situation where Seth got his as well. This was Seth as the aggressor. That's the difference. But you got to understand, when you stain it with the gas masks and a bad promo— I agree. Then, then it's not as left. good as it could be. Absolutely. Okay, but you're ba- here's what you're saying. Here's what you're saying. Campbell, you're out of control because just because it's not an F the second straight week, you're mad because it's not an A+. Plus. But hey, it was a C-. minus. Enjoy it. C- minus sucks. I don't have three hours every Monday night for C- minus content. Oh, I was talking about the entirety of Raw being a C-. minus. I thought that segment was very good. Like, it was... A solid B promo from from Ambrose. And that's the difference between you and I. I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm saying that's not good enough to entertain me. That's all I'm saying. I'm surprised that you – I'm legitimately surprised that you did not find his promo to be good and the pull-apart brawl between them to be good on Monday. I'm not saying the entirety of the show was good. I'm not saying they've done a good job with this entire feud from when it kicked off. It was an A-plus when Dean turned on Seth the night Reigns announced his cancer. That was A-plus material. It is. It totally nosedived from there. This, to me, was a sharp peak back up. We I'll asked last what, week, could they save it? I thought. I think they're beginning to save it. When when the night Roman got sick. Oh man, I'm fired up for this. Every moment after them. And it makes me violently ill to my stomach. And that's the truth. That's the bottom line. All right, that is. And I and, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm not. Agree. I'm not looking to win a battle. I'm just saying that's what it is. Raw, you're not a part of my life anymore. In fact, I need where's Jack Crosby? I need to call him up. He's doing Monday nights. I'm doing Tuesday nights moving forward. You know what? Maybe I'll start doing Wednesday nights moving forward. Because, guys, guess what? Wake up. The main roster underachieves year-round all the, the damn time, and we put up with it. It's a, it's a boyfriend who steals out of our wallet and hits us, and we keep putting up for it because, I don't know, we get good Christmas gifts, and that Christmas is every April. Why do we keep putting up with this when we have NXT in our life? We've got New Japan. AEW is on the horizon, brother. Follow me to freedom. Please. (laughs) This is a crusade. I know it's a crusade, but you have to know there's better stuff out there. Please, people. It's your time. Do what you want. If Dean Ambrose in a gas mask gets you off, then that's that's fine. That's fine. But I, I can't. This is my crusade. And I will continue my crusade as long as there are people who need help. Adam, you need help. Thank you. Let's move on. Brian rambled there because he was searching for that soundbite for about a million minutes. Um, we'll keep talking raw and we'll keep talking under delivering and underperforming. And we'll talk Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax and, you know, Tamina Snuka and Natalia and Ember Moon. What the hell is going on here? BC, you came at me that I did that I called Nia as trash as she was last week for her promo. If you liked what she delivered this week, you're smoking something, man, because she is awful. Are you smoking the same crap he's been smoking? Because of your brother, give me some. I'll say this. 
everything to do with that was awful. The Riot Squad running in. They're using Roundy as the fo- Rousey as the foundation of the show, the, the bookend of the show. It's an unacceptable bookend. That, that, that yeah. end thing was just completely unacceptable. No juice to it, nothing. But the one part that was borderline good in that whole thing was actually Nia Jax changing oh and evolving God. her character. It's still... Changing and evolving. Look it. Here's what I'm saying, dude. You're misunderstanding me. It's oh still gross. God. It's still train wrecky. But she actually is showing some fire. She got in Charlie Caruso's face and actually tried to bully her a little bit. It's something. That was the only part that I was actually entertained by. Rousey is going backwards every single week. Guys, it's time now. Give her a Paul Heyman. It's time. Stop. Was it, wasn't Nia the face of the anti-bullying campaign six months ago? Yeah, it's it's dude, it's BS. Nia's not great. I'm not trying to t- sit here and tell you she's great. I'm sitting here and trying to tell you that she was the best part of Monday night in terms of the women. And Monday night was awful. Ronda not working out anymore. She, she wins she, us back every pay per view match. I want to, I want to talk to Samson like you are because Nia Brian, there was nothing redeeming about what Nia did. Rousey again for the second week. I'm not saying she was good. She was the best part of the segments. Dude, what is with your Rousey with colored her? glasses? What is with them? No, it's not. Dude, she didn't have to cut a promo this week. She said two lines backstage, they were fine, and they, and she moved on. It was good. That's it. There was nothing there for us, though. There was nothing there. No, it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad, and Nia Jax was awful. Dude, she's terrible on the mic. She's terrible in the ring. The It's go-away heat from fans. They don't want her anywhere near them. It's it's not working with her. The storyline and the booking, she's the female Big Show without any of okay, the talent but you're, of Big you're Show. You're misidentifying. You're thinking I'm advocating for her. I'm advocating that they play off of the natural heat she got, and they are. I know. That's all I'm advocating. I, yeah, I'm not I think saying, it's terrible, too. I just think it's I all I mean, bad. she's still not like most girls. We know that, but I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, look, the whole thing's a train wreck right now. Okay. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. There shouldn't be. There should be no situation where Ronda Rousey is on WWE TV and we don't have something meaty to talk about. Like every time Lesnar's on, we talk about Lesnar because something happens with Lesnar that's worth talking about. Rousey, they have watered her down consistently, both via the terrible promo writing, whether it's her, whether it's them, it doesn't matter. Point being, no matter who you want to blame, no matter if it's Rousey's talking or. Nia Jax or the storylines or anything, they are misusing and mishandling a huge piece of property that they have. And that's True, Ronda Rousey. But she's also mishandling herself. I really can't wait to show the man how it's really done. And you just got to come to terms with that. Like, she's not, not this week. Not this week. By default. So, look, here's the it just goes back <laughs> to what I said earlier. It's like Daniel Bryan comes out. I'm getting E-Roused. Becky Lynch comes out. I might be getting A-Roused. <laughs> Ronda Rousey comes out, I'm cringing. Dean Ambrose, heel in a gas mask with a leather jacket, I'm cringing. That's the difference between the two brands, red and blue right there. They both have the same wealth. Maybe Raw has more wealth. Raw always has more wealth on its roster. It's an embarrassment of riches right now. But They do uh, not have more wealth on their roster Again, right they not an excuse that Reigns and Strowman are out. There's so much damn talent there. They're mailing it in. They're saying, we're going to wait till Strowman comes back. That's what they're saying. Like They don't care. It's really crazy. But you know what? I think we've actually given that enough time. Let's move on to a DM slide here. Oh, wow. Oh, let me let me hit that music. Cut him off guard. Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that, an email? From Billy Habibi at bhabibi44. This is a long one. BC, I know Raw was a dud once again, but man, oh, man, the lone bright spot has to be the Scottish psychopath. Drew McIntyre's guy is absolutely killing it on the mic. Is solid in the ring and looks like he's chiseled out of granite. Was it just me or did his promo this week? Sound like it was handwritten by BKM himself. 
calling out the complacent WWE locker room for being on their phones, retweeting compliments from fans, and playing video games in the back, just happy to be there. You know that's how Vince really looks at a lot of these quote-unquote millennials on the roster. Drew continues to hit me in the field spot. I think we're seeing the early stages of a megastar. What say UPS? Just for the record, I was not banging Sonny. <laughs> this guy was Billy, anyone banging Sonny? This no guy Billy Hobby. Oh, oh yeah, Sean was actually. Uh, Sean was. Ziggler got got her uh, late in her career too, as well. If you're looking for the record, you've had some sunny days, my friend. And the list goes on and on. Wow, Billy, that's okay. So Billy nailed it right now. But do you know what this week on Raw was like watching? It was like watching an NBA star in, in a in a D-League game or whatever they call it, the G-League game. That's really what it was like. McIntyre was fantastic. The promo we cut was fantastic. Everything else sucked. How are, you, how are they going to have the blow-apart between McIntyre and Ziggler that was teased forever, and they do it happenstance, after, like whatever, in motion, in passing. Over and, an invite to a gold medal ceremony hosted by Baron Corbin. And then coming back after commercial, Let's have this match right now. No, no, like, no, no. So while McIntyre was fantastic, the whole thing sucked. And I, look, I don't know. Am I just crusty again? Am I under the, the bed sheets right now in Brooklyn and I don't realize it? Am I just at a point where I can't enjoy myself when the everything around it sucks? There's a lot of people who are tweeting, man, that Dolphin uh, and Drew match was fantastic. I, I didn't feel it, guys. Okay, there were so, moments in the match that's fine, but I don't need that match as a after commercial when we come back. I need that match as a pay-per-view match with a build. Why? So this goes back to what I was talking about earlier with you, but this time I actually agree, which is this was done perfectly fine, but they completely wasted a hot blow-apart angle between two guys that should have probably been done already before this triumvirate of Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin, which they didn't even really revisit because the faces got over all week, okay? So it didn't make sense that that Dolph wasn't included there. So they did tie up that loose end, which for the Silver King is always something that I like them doing. I said last week, why that? Why isn't Dolph involved? And what? They, so they they solved it, but they just threw away something that could have been hot. There was no reason that Drew Dolph wasn't the feud at this pay per view yes. where they bu- they've been building it and that kicked it off. Look, so I love they, Finn, they completely but we should, not be, we, we should not be building toward Finn Drew right now. We should be having the Drew Dolph blow off. But instead, you know what they did? They turned Dolph into a jobber this week. He came out and whined, tried to throw a punch, got beat up. Well, then they had a he fight. He wasn't a jobber. He won. And then, well, he won. that win doesn't count. Like, no, seriously. Like, think about it. But he didn't job, but he didn't job. Like, he jobbed the, the weird whole thing. damn match. And then, and then, won. then someone cheats to help him win. So I'm just saying. What I'm, I'm just saying, saying is he lost everything he came in with which were still elements of edginess and coolness and, and a heel. He got turned into a soft baby face for no reason in like, for no reason. like it just happened. Oh, and after commercial, come back and you'll see him job. And again, he won the match. He didn't win the match. He won nothing. All right. He well, won nothing. The reason he, the, the reason, the only reason that he was moved to a face is because they don't have faces on raw that they're building anything behind. Yes, they could have been Balor. How they- he was as a heel. And then now he's going to be another loser face. It's just, it's stupid. The bigger picture is that drew rules. Yes. Billy Habibi's right. Drew was fantastic. Looks great. Sounds great. Wrestles great. But I don't feel like he's getting skyrocketed into a feud right now for the big belt against a hot baby face. Like let's say if Rollins was champion right now, like the real champion and you were doing a Rollins drew feud and it was hot because you went for it. But I don't think Vince trusts these guys. Vince trusts Lesnar and the other guys a little bit more. So because of that, he only trusts Lesnar and Reigns, apparently. Right. So because okay. of that, 
this means that what's I don't feel like Drew has the ceiling he could have or should have because of it. No, I I, I don't think that's fair. Um, I do also think another thing they wasted, which you didn't mention, his first pin since returning to Raw, pin or submission, was on a throwaway Raw where it could have been at a pay per view. Even if even with the same booking, even with Finn running in and helping, you save it for a pay per view. You don't, you don't give it away on Raw. But I th- I disagree with you. They're clearly putting him as the centerpiece. They're clearly building him up. They're giving him saying, a lot of momentum. He doesn't need Corbin's help. He doesn't need any of those jobbers. He doesn't need to no, he front doesn't. a League of Nations. I don't need Bobby Lashley's ass cheeks, okay? I don't. It, it was it's a funny, funny that you called it time. League of Nations. It's funny that you called it League of Nations last week because that was a very League of Nations segment getting the gold medal. Like, didn't Rusev get the like Russian Medal of Freedom or like something like that, right? So it, it was very reminiscent. It was unnecessary, but... That's not going to take detract me away from two things. One, Drew solid gold, just like Billy said. And two, the segment was actually not not the award part, but the Dolph stuff, the match itself, and the finish with Finn helping him and, and getting over on a heel, all kind of worked. It just was out of place. Yeah, what, what? What? Why did it work? It didn't work. It may have worked. Well, if we're going to get. Watching. We're going to get into that later in the show. It, it, it didn't work because you just killed Drew. I'm sorry, Dolph, to make that work. You just killed Dolph to make it work. Now Dolph is soft and he's out. Like, here's the thing. Drew's fantastic. But I meant that when I said it's like watching an NBA guy in a D-League All-Star game. It's like the booking they're giving him is minor league. The the, the everything surrounding it. Uh, You can argue and say, look, that's what Raw's going to be. Because they want the kids. They want the merch. I still think there can be an edge. I still think there can be creativity. Everything is just stuck in cookie cutter. It's not stuck that way on Tuesday nights, though. Okay, we know I'm giving that. them. I'm, I'm giving them a break on Drew because they are in a. They're still in a transitional period, booking wise, from Reigns. Now, that's not an excuse for anything, but on Drew, he's good enough. Where I'm willing to say, it's TLC. It's a meaningless pay per view. Let's see what happens on the road to the Royal Rumble. If he's in a major feud, if he fe- if he's featured in a major way, I'm okay with holding holding hope on that. Wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah, right. whatever. BC, let's move on to the second part, which was the first part of the main event, SmackDown. We already said it ruled. You already played Miz's clip. Here's the truth. It was awesome, top to bottom. Nearly every single thing that happened on the show was great. And we're going to start with Daniel Bryan, the new Daniel Bryan, which, again, I kind of don't like the new and old. I kind of just wish oh, they no. called him the dragon the or something. Great. No, but, the new Daniel, because they're but making it, a joke with it. It's great. It's great. But aside from that, amazing, BC. The promo was sick. The commentary was sick. I mean, you can't even point out something that was bad from the entirety of the segment, and he was on TV for a long time. Feel that! Can't help but feel Feel that! Feel all of that! He's fantastic in this role as a heel. He's nailing it. He was getting a little bit stale as a babyface that we talked about. The timing was perfect, and now they're figuring out a character for him as a heel. It's not just, well, he turned heel, so he'll be a bad guy. No, they're figuring out layers to it, playing up on the parts of his real life and doing almost this reverse heel, like Bret Hart thing. You know, I didn't turn heel, you turned on me. Bob Backlund thing in the 90s, sort of like. It's fantastic because the stuff he's saying, you can understand in his crazy mind. And going on, people, about star I mean, that stuff is brilliant. It works with that crappy beard and hair as a heel. It works with him being a sneak attack guy. The dialogue he delivered throughout this, throughout the commentary, throughout the, the Miz TV segment, he's comfortable in his skin. He has nailed this character. He's weaselly. 
I never thought Dan O'Brien could be this good as a heel to the point that I like him as a heel so much better than I liked him as a babyface. Now, that's not watering down his impact as a babyface. He was a moment in time. In, in the in the it didn't last as long as it could have because of injuries. But the mountaintop he reached at WrestleMania 30, very few guys in the last 25 years have reached that mountaintop. Very very few. So I'm not discounting that. But that was this underdog dude with the weird beard. Now he's freaking cool in a in, um, in an ironic way. He's cool, dude. He's really cool, and you can tell he's loving playing this character. I had a wide-ass smile. I could not stop smiling. I just love where this is going. I love him. I love everything about Tuesday nights. Thank you, Road Dog. I'm not hashtag fire Road Dog anymore. I'm going to go back in here and kill SmackDown. No, you're going to go back in here and save my fandom. Thank you, Road Dog. Thank you. So you're totally discounting how good he was as a face at the peak of the Yes movement. And BC, oh, I, you can I, like I cool heels about about how he was. He did no, think. but saying he's better, saying he's better two weeks as a heel versus the entirety of that run. I'm saying I like ridiculous. him better. I'm saying I like him better. Right what now. I'm, but what I'm explaining to you, uh, if I can finish, is that having being a cool heel is awesome. But the best moment for any wrestler at any time is the mountaintop babyface cheer, where everyone who's a smart, who's a mark, it doesn't matter who you are, gets to cheer. Stone Cold Steve Austin at his peak, Daniel Bryan at his peak, The Rock was. Very cool as a heel, but you wanted to cheer for him as a face. And the same goes for Daniel Bryan. So I love everything about what he's doing now. But to just couch that run and and what it was like being in an arena where every single person around you is doing the yes chant, that was unfathomable cool. That was the the peak of popularity for someone that's always going to be better than just being, oh, a cool smarky heel. Okay, cool, whatever. Anyway, going back to this, he's awesome. Um, the stuff about chicken nailing Byron Saxton on it, the plastic bottles. Uh, and you're right. It's, I didn't turn on you. You turned on me. Anytime a heel can do that and have it work is great. But what I love the most about all of it, he didn't try to be a cool, likable heel, which so many heels try to be Dolph Ziggler. As an example, he tried to be despised by every person he possibly could. And he tried it in the Miz TV segment. He tried it on commentary during the match. And then he succeeded even more so after the match with the beatdown on AJ Styles that got cut off because SmackDown ends at 10 o'clock sharp. That sucked. I wanted another five minutes of that. He was dastardly. He was despicable. He made sure that he actually got booze out of the crowd. And heels today, they just get like a eh, a shrug out of, cra- out of crowds. He got booed by that crowd. I and that's it. why I love it. And that's why I think this is my favorite Daniel Bryan ever. Look, it, it, I, again, I'm not discounting what he did as a babyface. I'm saying that version of Daniel Bryan, even though I enjoyed it, wasn't for me, let's say, right? Like, Cena, I respect everything he did. Cena's never been for me and never will be. Not, He's just not my guy, right? Daniel Bryan, originally before the beard was my guy, bearded Daniel Bryan mountaintop moment, a lot of people's guy, not my guy. Heel Daniel Bryan, my guy. Feel spot early here, Adam, because this rant he had was without question my feel spot of the week, without question this moment for me. Wow. Let's listen to it. I hope my daughter kicks as many men in the groin as she possibly can. I hope she kicks 10 men in the groin, hundreds of men in the groin, thousands of men in the groin, thousands of stupid men. I hope she kicks you in the groin, Byron. I hope she kicks every man in the groin who consumes plastic water bottles, everybody who consumes, oh, unsustainable meat like you do. I see all the chicken you eat. I see all the corruption that you're a part of. You're a horrible human being, and you, you, Byron, 
should be ashamed of yourself. God, that's brilliant. It's great. That's freaking great. Look, we can't have that on Mondays. We can't. I don't think that was written for him. We could and we should. We don't. I don't think that was written for him. That was him on commentary freestyling. This is what happens when you let people be who they can become on their own, not who you, the the puppeteer, Vince, are trying to turn them into. I'm so sick of Vince the puppeteer. No one man is bigger than the WWE. I, I can make a new John Cena. No, you can't, Vince. You can't, and you've been trying, and that's why you haven't had a crossover star, a true organic crossover star since Austin and Rock. Cena was a manufactured crossover star, and it's worked. But he was a manufactured crossover star. Daniel Bryan was organic for a hot minute, and then it ended. CM Punk was organic for a hot minute, and then it ended. But neither of them were crossover. That's true. They, they, were, they sort of fell just short of that. But let people be who they're supposed to be. And you're just, it's just, uh, wow, wow. All right. I can't, and, it I can't wasn't, and, it, and it wasn't just Daniel Bryan who was able to be who he's supposed to be. It really was the entirety of SmackDown. And we're going to talk about a little bit of it in the main event a little bit after. But we move into that this women's TLC triple threat match where you had Becky on the mic dropping bombs in Vietnam on, on Charlotte Flair. You had Charlotte answering as well as she has since her last heel run on the mic. And you even had Asuka in there doing the best mic work she has since joining the main roster. BC, Daniel Bryan was a feel spot for both of us. This opening segment with the women was a feel spot for me, top to bottom, every part of it, including Paige. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Look, the the dialogue in that is right in my feel house, right in my wheelhouse. That's what I want out of Raw and SmackDown. Guys, come out for 10, 15 minutes to open. Make fun of each other. Be hip. Be edgy. Asuka deciding now to rant in Japanese angrily is the greatest thing ever. It's fan friggin' tastic. This is the direction we need to go. This is not, it can't happen in the structure of Monday night because on Monday night we need to have uh, two people who who, uh, don't even know each other team up and then somebody else run in and then, oh, we're going to have another match. Oh, and then we're going to come back from commercial after that smash finish. And now it's a six-man tag match. It's just got to be absolute BS. Now, I didn't necessarily love that this turned into a tag match involving Flair and Asuka. I thought that was very raw-ish of them and it actually turned my stomach but the the allowance for their characters to be creative and to grow. I'm into this. I'm into this match. Asuka better win. It started off as a, you know what? It'd be hip and really cool if Asuka wins. No, Asuka better win. Let's know what you have in this in this woman. She's an all-timer. She's not just really good. She's not just a little good. She's an all-timer. She needs a run on the main roster. And I love Charlotte calling her out, being like, didn't I just beat you to end your streak? And I love Asuka calling out Charlotte in the same way. Perfect. Perfection. Thank you. It was, re- it was really good. I actually hate that they're giving us the match again next week. It's just a pay-per-view match. There's no reason to have Becky Charlotte on SmackDown. There's no reason to have Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles on SmackDown. There's no reason to have Oscar Charlotte Flair on SmackDown. Put these matches on pay-per-views. Build up to them. And if you want to have a couple of the tag matches, I'm okay. That's the WWE formula. We didn't mention it in the Raw segment. But guys like and girls, last week, and I'm not saying I predicted anything, but all of the standard raw tropes that I expected that I mentioned on the show, like, oh, next week it'll be a two-on-two, and then next week it'll be a six-man tag. That's exactly what happened on Raw. They avoided, for the most part, doing that on SmackDown, and they have been avoiding that for the last few months. And that's why SmackDown feels fresher and different, because you don't actually know what to expect every single week on that's the show. Point. They always give you a little bit of a curveball. It doesn't have to be a big one, just a little bit of a curve that causes you to swing and miss on the first two pitches, and then on the third, they knock it out of the park. 
So that's what they do start to finish. And another example of that, at least in my opinion, is the Samoa Joe-Jeff Hardy situation where you have Jeff Hardy in this match again with Randy Orton and you're like, didn't they just do this akin to Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler on Raw? And I'm like, oh my God, where is this going? And then Samoa Joe for the second week in a row inserts himself and is given the freedom, going back to your earlier point, of a couple couple bullet points. He's at a bar. He's bartending randomly. And he is just (laughs) railing Jeff Hardy for all his DUIs, all his substance abuse issues. And it's like, it felt real. It felt good. And it felt like it mattered, even though it doesn't matter. There's no title on the line. There's nothing important happening. But that's a match I want to see. That's a storyline yeah, I care that, about. That's how you make people care. You, you touch on the real stuff and you get edgy. It's just like what he was doing with Wendy Styles to try to get you into that feud. This is Samoa Joe just continuing his brilliance. That's how you make a mid-card feud matter. We can't have that on Raw because we need Bobby Lashley's ass cheeks. Or we need, I don't know, everything that doesn't make sense. Why is Babyface Elias... Still ripping crowds. Like, it's just just randomness that I just don't get. Man, I want to see where that feud's going now because the look on Jeff Hardy's face felt real. Felt like he was really insulted. I'm in on that. Please, Samoa Joe, continue to insert yourself. Just whip it out and give it to me. Yes, please. Let's keep going. By the way, are we we sure that Samoa Joe is a heel? Because all he wanted for AJ Styles was for him to spend more time with his family. (laughs) All he wants... For Jeff and other people to do is drink responsibly. What's the negative in that? That's that's Daniel Bryan heel one one right there. All Daniel wants us to do is uh, is not eat uh, meat with uh, hormones in it. I mean, I'm down with that. And by the way, Corey Grace playing off of him on commentary with the methane gas jokes, fantastic. Thank you. By the way, I I am stealing this from someone. I saw it on Twitter. I don't know who it was. I think it was an editor, a cultaholic. But like Daniel Bryan's literally carrying around a leather strap. He doesn't have a problem with that. It's probably faux leather. It's probably made out of tofu. Oh, as long as he feels okay with it. Okay, BC, let's move on to our next segment, your favorite segment, Hero or Zero. I need a... Oh, here it is right here. All right. All right, BC, let's kick it off. WWE announced it is moving its NXT TakeOver card on WrestleMania weekend to Friday night, as it used to be. Hero or zero that this should be considered as taking a silent retreat so they won't have to compete with NJPW ROH show at Madison Square Garden on Saturday. Hero. Big time hero. All in hero. You know I'm all in. I'm all in. Are you all in, Brian? Oh, come on. Oh, come on, Brandy. Yeah. Oh, come on, Brandy. Yeah, you know I'm in Brandy. Yeah. I still, I still question, just part of my heart questions if she was looking chance. beyond wrestling at that point. Anyway, all in on that. Yes. This is WWE taking a knee. This is WWE taking an L preemptively, preemptively, and saying, we're not going head to head with that. Wow. I'm, sh- I'm shocked this isn't a bigger story. You can't be like, well, it was just strategic. No. No, no, no. Uh, I'm I'm a hero, too. It's just weird. Like, it's not like they weren't going to sell out NXT. And it's not like, at least it doesn't look like, the elite are going to be on that show. So what actually is there to be concerned about? There's no way they did this simply to go back to tradition, which is what they said in their release and in their story. That's BS, okay? I, I prefer... NXT on Friday, because as a fan, I like to be able to go to all those other shows. 
I always hoped that NGPW would run its show on Friday as not to compete with NXT. They decided to go head-to-head. It is clear WWE is deciding they want a night to themselves. They want all the promotion and all the the noise in the wrestling industry to themselves. I don't think it has to do with selling out the venue or any of that or being overtaken because guess what? Last year, NXT was better than the Ring of Honor show. No question about it, okay? And they know they can yeah, put on a product that quality. This is different, though, this year. This is different. This is different. So I don't, think it, I don't think it's any of that. I just think they want all of the talk on that day to be about them. Well, th- and okay, I think that's a big part whole, of it. But, yeah, it's awesome. underwritten by the fact that they're taking an L as so they, so they don't have to compete. Because Definitely. Yeah, it is. It is. They don't want, they want that takeover show. In fact, I bet you, I'm going to say it right now. I'll bet you that takeover Sean Fry is going to be unreal. It's good because look, you want to be the story of the weekend. I'm just disappointed. So hold on, time out. Hero for fans. Hero for us. Hero, Hero for, for fans. everyone. Because we get to watch or go to both. Okay, so put that right out there. And the Hall of Fame has become a. If you do watch it, you're fast forwarding through a lot, and you're not sitting there live because it just goes on and on. Okay, put that out in the ethos. But I'm disappointed here in them not wanting to compete and, and almost be like, what, what's going on in New York? Only NXT's going on in New York Saturday night. This is the only thing that matters. And then going out there with their best foot forward and saying, you want to fight? We're just going to blow your doors in. But but it's weird that they're saying, no, we want that whole night to ourselves. We want to be the biggest story. That shows me that there's there's got to be fear in, at the very least, not being the A1 wrestling story that night. And B... I wonder if there's fear in tickets. I really do. I wonder if they have a fear that they sell. Brooklyn. Okay. But Brooklyn is full of wrestling hipsters. And that's a wrestling hipster weekend, WrestleMania, right? And the hottest thing potentially, if all the indie stars that we love, all the all-ins and the NJPW guys all pool their resources together, and this show is what it has the potential to be at Madison Square Garden, then I think the hipsters are going to be going in that direction. Uh, man, look, I'm happy because we get to go to both now and we were talking about how how the hell are we going to choose. But WWE was not worried about selling out in New York. I mean, if it was in New Orleans or Houston or something like that, maybe. But WWE does not fail to sell out major shows in New York on WrestleMania weekend where you don't just have the New Yorkers and the people that are in driving distance. You have people flying across the pond know, but and from Africa like... and from Australia to go to shows. Okay, they were going to sell out NXT no matter what day it was Dude, on. This isn't like they're competing against something at the Hammerstein. They're competing against something at the damn guard and the full arena. I understand. So that's a lot of people you can put in there. And I'm that's... just saying they would have sold out both. That's all. I'm it's... saying they're taking a knee. They, this is a, oh, I agree. This is a I, retreat. I, I agree with you there. This is 100 percent in reta- not retaliation in reaction to them booking the show. I'm just saying they weren't concerned about ticket sales. I think they are. I mean, why would you make this no. drastic of a move? They have to be concerned about it. Look, these NXT shows have eventually sold out, but they haven't sold out like the second they were announced type of deal. And I think they just saw with all in that that sold out the second it was announced. I wonder if they have fear that that and- they really are the B side on that night. I mean, that was a once that was a even though they may do another one at the time, it was a once in a lifetime indie show and all this built again, a year of promotion for one show that had what was it? Twenty thousand. I don't even remember. 10, I know we're, we're coming up on a year of promotion for this show, too. In the end, by the time I, we- I'm just I'm just simply saying I agree 100 percent with you that it was in reaction to the show. I don't think they were concerned about selling out tickets. I, I just don't. You're not going to convince me otherwise. PC. Let's move on. Uh, actually, you have to ask me the next part of the uh, Hero Zero. 
Man, you have a WWE-laced excuse for everything. You do. You There's do. no excuse. I literally just said, I from the start, I said I totally agree. Yeah, but then you hedged I don't think it's a ticket you, issue. You, you, you karate chop, judo chop with a nice hedge chop right in there. No, I just answered, I don't think it's a ticket issue. I think it's a attention issue. Uh, okay, okay. We'll How let, is that? Uh, hey, we'll insane. let the people decide, okay? I'm only you're one ridiculous. man. You're ridiculous. All right? You're I'm ridiculous. only one man. Okay, Silver King, speaking of the revolution, Hero or Zero number two, Cody Rhodes spotted this past weekend in the Jacksonville Jaguars owner's box during an NFL game on Sunday. Right in front of everybody. No hiding. No reports on dirt sheets. Right there. Hero or zero. That this is all a ruse or you are really all in on this all in idea that the number two is coming, brother. Well, I don't think the number two is coming. I mean, anytime soon, that would take years. But um, yeah, it's a hero. I don't think they would go. I mean, I don't know. It's tough. Like. This guy Khan is a money mark clearly, and he loves this. I don't think they would go so far as to like change their schedule to go fly to Jacksonville to go sit at a Jaguars Colts game. Who the hell? It's not even a good game. It was an awful game, in fact. I don't think Cody's going out of his way to do that to just play the fans. Uh, I think he's there because they were probably talking business, and it makes sense. So that's totally a hero. Um, I am getting increasingly more excited for the prospects of AEW. My concern is January 1st hits, and it's not what we think it is. And I I don't know what it's going to be, but if it's not a full-fledged promotion, I think it's going to be a disappointment at that point. Uh, it's coming. It's coming like a, like a, like a giant steam-fueled locomotive, and they're going to get a Monster TV deal, and they're going to try to make a run at the real number two, the deuce. They're about to drop one. Cody just went out front in the public eye in front of a camera and sat with the guy. It's coming. That report was right. <laughs> it's not like he was cheating on Brandy behind closed doors or something. Well, and he brought his mistress did, out. She did ask if I was all in. I mean, this is something to think about. But uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. but uh, ultimately, uh, this is like, it's showing. This is just showing. This is, where, this is who we are. Guys, this is the new world order of wrestling. This right here is the future of wrestling. It is, brother. Right there. Oh, the elite wishes they were the NWO. Cody in the box with Khan is the future of wrestling. It's coming. They got the horses. They got the creativity. They're going to. All they need is Heyman. Get Heyman. Get Heyman. Hashtag get Heyman. All right. <laughs> They're not getting Heyman. Hashtag get Heyman. I'm telling you. It's coming. By the it's- way, Cody should never, ever, ever allow his hair to go back to brown to be a brunette again. Blonde Cody is like a classic heel almost like Iceman Top Gun type of dude. It's a great look, and it's so funny to see him with that bright blonde hair in a suit sitting in the owner's box at a Jags game. It was really a funny picture. Just stop, okay, BC. Stop, hold on. Just stop for one second. Uh, think about this for a second. The deuce is coming. That They're, they're coming. Look, the revolution's real. It's, it's happening. Guys, it's happening. It's coming. When they get fully operational, Meaning they got the TV deal, they launched the show, or whatever it's going to look like. We don't know if it's a weekly show, we don't know if it's a monthly pay-per-view schedule, we don't know if it's a quarterly thing, we have no idea yet. But it's coming, okay? When they launch, and when they're there, it's going to be like the Attitude Era in the sense that certain people now, from creative to performers that are in WWE, are going to jump ship and join the revolution. They will be declaring that they are all in, and it will be so friggin' exciting to see who's coming with me. Who's mm. coming with me. 
And look, I think, somebody's going to win the war. Maybe WWE will open up the checkbook and buy everybody so that the war doesn't last that long. But there's going to be people jumping off that ship, okay? Uh, you say jumping off the ship. I don't think it's going to be as many people as you think. And if it is, I don't think it's going to be the caliber of people that right. – it'll be people that you want to watch because you know them because WWE made them names. All right, in many this is the same Silver cases. King who said All In wouldn't sell out. The revolution wasn't real. Jericho didn't say would only that. do didn't one, say that. one match in NJPW. I'm just saying – That I did say. Get ready because lines are going to be drawn. People are yeah, going to jump yeah. them. I mean, what do you what do you think is going to happen? Seth Rollins is going to be, ah, screw this. No, I'm going no, to go Seth to AEW. No, not Seth Rollins. And by the way, Neville, by the way, so has Tyler Pac, Breeze doing great. Tyler Breeze can enjoy his time over in AEW. He'll, he'll be great. No, no, it'll be more than that. It'll be bigger than that. You'll be surprised. You'll okay. see. And it's going to be fantastic. Okay, okay? thank you. Thank right. you. Just wanted to put that out there. I'm not saying Triple H is leaving. I'm just saying you're going to see some things. Okay. Fireworks coming. Okay. Get ready. Buckle up. I'm ready. Let's do it. Hero Zero. What do you got for me? Up next, Rhino was fired from Raw by Baron Corbin after losing to Heath Slater in a match very quickly put together. Then Slater was given a new job as a WWE referee, BC. <laughs> I'm upset that I have to ask you this one, but hero or zero on this entire storyline and segment? Major hero. Major hero. Because, look, this is what made us love Heath Slater again when they did the same shtick on SmackDown. He's got kids, brother, and he won himself a job. Now there's a twist in it now that, that Baron Corbin's crapping on him giving a referee shirt. If he can become the cheating baby-faced referee who's fighting against the authority in the system long-term, this is going to be an incredibly fun angle. He can do the comedy for a while as, like, the, I really have to be this referee, and it'll be fun to watch him in there. But if he ends up being part of the foil to help the babyfaces win, th this is gold. And it's a great use of Heath Slater, by the way, who's never being used unless they need AOP to job somebody. Yeah, credit where it's due. They're getting these guys on TV and something that, it doesn't matter, but it's fun, and it gives Slater the opportunity to be that character on TV where you root for him even though you know he sucks. and Not that he sucks, but that he he's always going to get the, the short end of the stick, but you're going to root for him as the underdog the entire time. I think it's funny. I think seeing him as a referee in rings and during matches, especially if he starts like doing a good job and he actually does it for a short period of time, like a month or two, and then maybe has a match with Corbin on the kickoff show of WrestleMania. Like Those are fun things that can happen. So it's a hero. I am definitely down for it. All right, Adam, hero or zero? Don't look now, but your boy Finn Balor had a pretty large Monday night. It wasn't just running in to help Dolph Ziggler give the first raw loss to Drew Galloway, McIntyre. Drew, Gall <laughs> Drew Galloway, McIntyre, since his McIntyre. comeback. Uh, he also ran in to save Elias, and he also had a match with Jinder Mahal. And then was about to cut a promo at the end of the show about how great this night was for him until Drew Galloway McIntyre ran in and kind of viciously beat him down. Uh, Hero Zero on the idea that this means Finn's back. He's over. He's getting a push. They I mean, care about not, him. Did he not pin a former WWE champion in the middle of the ring? Okay, I'm joking <laughs> there. Um, the answer, unfortunately, is zero. Because I'm not going to believe that they're giving Finn Balor a push until I see them give Finn Balor a push. We can prognosticate and predict and book the damn territory all we want. And coming out of the show, I said, wow, that was a Finn Balor episode. What the hell is going on? And my interest is peaked. I'm very curious what's going to happen next week. Well, what's going to happen next week is we're going to have a six-man tag. Maybe the faces win. Maybe they lose. The opposite will happen on the pay-per-view. And that's what's going to go down with this group of people. Okay, and then we'll move forward to the Royal Rumble. If that ends up, with Balor 
leading a Balor club of some type and getting an edge and suddenly becoming someone that we already care about him because we like him, but who we care about in storyline as well. I'm all for it, and I hope it happens. But I'm not going to give the WWE the credit or allow them to bring me down this path only to disappoint me again. So I'll say zero, but I'm holding out hope for a hero. Yeah, I, I think it's painfully going to be a zero, and you nailed it. I don't think next week is going to be a six-man tag. I think it's going to be an eight-man tag. And I think that's the only way you justify it. all the weirdness this week. It's like, look, again, I love Drew McIntyre getting this giant push, but he shouldn't have lost, and they shouldn't be building necessarily toward a Finn feud because I know they're not going to follow through on making the feud matter. So Finn being used to help Dolph win was really a loss to me, and then it was just convoluted from there. Why is Finn Balor... Yo, don't take my gimmick, man. Jeez. Yeah, that's true. Why is Finn Balor getting help from Apollo Crews against Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers of all people? And why is Finn Balor suddenly this hero that's coming in to help Elias? Seriously, if this is an eight-man tag next week involving the new League of Nation against Balor and his bootleg babyface boys, I'm out. I'm so out. I'm all the way out. Are you all out, brother? Brandy, yeah, Brandy, I'm all out, okay? All of it. Well, not, for, not, not Brandy, but I'm all out if that's the case because they don't well, care about Well, it's going to be the case. Of course, this the, is not a real push. Is gonna be, the main event is going to be a six- or eight-man tag on Monday. That's it so is. so lame. Look, if this was two weeks out from Survivor Series, you can justify some of these bookings. Survivor Series is over. This sucks. Hero, loss, zero, fail, zero. Zero. <laughs> all right, BC, last up. We have this Revival Lucha House Party storyline on Raw that's been going down, and really the jux, the jux, the crux of the entire thing is the revival being duped into these Lucha House rules matches, three on two, three on one, uh, every single week. Now, besides the fact that it doesn't make storyline sense, considering a heel is the GM, and why would he allow that to happen? Are you enjoying these matches, or are you enjoying this storyline, hero or zero? <laughs> It's it's not just a regular zero. It's all caps, bright lights. Remember when uh, The Rock lit that thing on fire at WrestleMania 32 with the flame gun and the letter? It's a giant zero. Stop the madness. Get this off my screen. Look, you want the loot just come out and pop the kids in the crowd? That's fine. But this... what? So it's a singles match, but then no, the announcer, no, it's a Lucha House Party three-on-one, not a three-on-two match, three-on-one match. It's so freaking stupid. If it at least made a little bit of sense, I'd be like, there's your high flyer moment, there's your kid moment. No. What the hell's going on here? So for me, it's the only thing I don't like is what I just mentioned off the top, which is why would suddenly these rules be going down for every one of their matches when there's a heel GM? If there was a face GM... The storyline makes perfect sense because he doesn't like the revival. Maybe they crossed him or their heels, so it doesn't matter. So they're help, he's helping Lucha House Party. If it was Kurt Angle's GM, he's helping Lucha House Party get over and win these matches and excite the crowd. It all makes sense. But with a heel GM, it doesn't make sense. That said, it's a hero, and here's why. They're oh. actually allowing people from 205 Live in Lucha House Party, who, by the way, are very good, and Grand Metalik is great. They're giving them a prominent spot on a main roster show, that's a hero. They're utilizing the revival, and it may not be the best utilization of them as a legit fearful, fearful tag team. We know what they can do, but they're utilizing them as the foil for Lucha House Party. They're the best possible foil for them, and they're getting them on TV when otherwise they wouldn't be on TV. So you're, they're putting people on TV that I want to see. It may not be the best use of them, but guess what? Revival's lost all these matches. The end result should be 
them getting over them two on three and possibly moving into a run either as the champions or in a title feud or something. So the Raw Tag Team division sucks. The truth is, this is better than the Bobby Roode stuff, even though I love the, the pissing thing from last week on the robe. It's better than the Bobby Roode, Chad Gable, AOP, because AOP as champions, they're monsters, but they're irrelevant. So I'll take this as a hero. Dude, I, I can't believe you just said that. I can't believe you just said all of that. How is this remotely a hero? This means nothing. This is the segment that you turn the channel on every week. It doesn't make any sense. This is so stupid. Everyone involved in the ring is stupid. The matches are stupid. This match was a slap in the face to every wrestler that takes pride in his profession. It's stupid. Get it off my TV. The Revival, you suck now because you're touched by this crap. You can't keep justifying crap. All right, no use arguing this one. To No use beating the dead horse on this damn Lucha thing. Hey, let's get into what I love, which is our listeners, our people. I love what they have to say. I love when they get a moment to try to hey make try to make a run at joining Tristan Adelano on the uh, Mount Rushmore of the damn ITC. It's a hard it's a hard spot. There's only four spots there, Adam. All right, we're gonna have to continue to narrow it down there. But let's hear what the people have to say. DM slide right in. Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that? An email. All right. First up from Brian Owens at Owens Eleven B. BC, do you think there's anything to the reports that Fox is telling WWE to put Ronda on SmackDown? Fear is that going with a big company like this would have Fox, as an example, be too hands-on with the product, telling WWE how to run their company. Saw how a network telling a company how to run their company worked out (laughs) for TNA. That may not be a fair comparison, but it still hurt the product. A lot of companies in there, Brian Owens. Um, I hadn't heard these reports, by the way. Had you, Adam? Not really. I mean, I think it's people taking the report that was legitimate out there, apparently, seemingly, that Fox told WWE it would like SmackDown to be a little bit more sports and a little bit less entertainment, and someone probably going out there and saying, oh, you know, well, Fox wants Ronda Rousey on that show because of her UFC ties and whatever. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world for Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar, if he's still in WWE, to both be on SmackDown when they move to Fox, but I don't think there's anything to these reports. I don't think... Fox is telling WWE, what is it, like a 12 months out? This is who needs to be on your SmackDown when well, you move to I, us I in October doubt, next year. I mean, come I on. hadn't heard the reports, but I wouldn't doubt if there's true because I think it's a no brainer. So while Raw on Monday nights will always be the A brand in theory because of history and Monday being a sacred night for wrestling, look, this is WWE's chance to go on national television every week in the same time slot. In an era where, yes, there's more cord cutting and all that, but even with the cord cutting, seems like everybody still has Fox, still has these major networks. So I 100% would assume that that everything's going to be changed by then, that, yes, Ronda and Brock would be there, as they should, by the way. You want to put your best foot forward. But to Brian Owen's real question here is whether we should be fearful that a TV network has some say or too much say in it. Fearful? You should be excited. Guess what all we do on the show is say Raw has an embarrassment of riches and they constantly get it wrong. I would like if there's a TV executive knocking on the door going, hey, Vince, look, just to remind you, we're paying you like a billion-ass dollars for this one show. Can you please amp it up? Can you bring back some legends? Can you do this? Can you do that? Do you know what I want Friday night to be? So damn good. That we have to go, I don't care if I'm supposed to have a life that night or I'm supposed to cover other sports. I got to watch it and I got to watch it live. And that Oops. would hopefully amp up Monday night. So as much as BC sitting here telling you AEW is coming, the real number two is about to drop a deuce, it's coming. Maybe the real competition could actually be Raw 
in SmackDown against each other because they're serving separate masters. Now, that'll mean nothing if WWE has the final say, like UFC sort of had in their control of Fox. If they don't, then them needing to serve both masters, I'd like to see USA and Fox sort of compete against each other, and that would make WWE have to be better. Am I wrong in that? Well, a little bit, because SmackDown is not the issue here, dude. SmackDown is not the issue. The issue is Raw. So if Raw was moving over to Fox and they were giving notes on making Raw better, then yes, it would all make sense. SmackDown does not right. need to be touched. Right, Hands but that, off. Right, but it's only this way because we think Vince is only caring about Monday nights, but this will make Vince care about Friday nights a lot, right? I mean, this is a I landmark mean, all, deal. Yeah, but also they'll be like six months away from the XFL. Three, uh, Sorry, one, two, four months away from the XFL then, so maybe he won't be at all. Who knows? My point is any report about Fox telling WWE to do anything in December 2018 when they're not starting until October 2019, I'm taking with a grain of salt, period. Anyway, don't fear it. Be excited about it. And Silver King, true or false? If right now Vince made a decision, I'm all in on, on uh, XFL. I'm getting away from the day-to-day WWE storyline product. Would WWE improve trifold? Depends who is, becomes in charge of it. If it's Steph, no. If it's Trips, yes. Well, they kind of are married, so it's kind of a package deal there. Mm, I don't know. How would your wife do uh, hosting the In This Corner podcast, BC? Well, she didn't grow up in the business. You know, it's a difference. It's a difference. Well, she grew up in the business of Brian Campbell. She knows what you're all about. All right, BC. Number two here on the sliding into the DMs from Melissa Mignaka, M-I-G-N-A-C-C-A. I'm hey, sorry. We, got, if I butchered. we do have female listeners. We do. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Melissa, if I butchered that. It's my fault. At Melly Buza, B-O-U-Z-A 29. Hey, Brian, just listening to last week's show, and I had to write to beg you not to follow through on your threat of no longer watching Raw every week. You guys are the only way I keep up with the show because I can no longer bring myself to watch it anymore. You have to take the bullet for all of us. I feel that every few years I threaten to stop watching, but they finally have made me do it. I'll stick to SmackDown and NXT for, and NXT, I got tongue-tied, for the next little while. P.S. Shout out for mentioning Tour- what's that called the french uh... it's the french meat pie okay tortilla yeah I, I'm, I'm an american uh i live in montreal and we are surrounded by it for the holidays it's more of a christmas thing here than a thanksgiving one thanks for putting on a great show melissa we do have female listeners shout out to melissa there <laughs> fired the heck up uh melissa as you heard on this show i'm, I'm really straddling the fence here i mean silver can you can you take the bullet for everyone and be the only one watching on monday night live or no because you... i'm not wa- i'm not writing the recap I mean, your biggest issue with Raw, and I think it's one of the reasons you hate it so much, dude, you write these long-ass recaps, and they come in like an hour after the show's over. I don't need that much. CBS Sports, our readers don't need that much. Just summarize it like Jack does on Tuesday nights. Get out of there. I give the people what they want. I don't want to be in there. All right? So maybe— No one wants to read that much on a bad show. If it's a good show, write that much. But if it's a bad show, don't give them them the respect. I'll tell you this, Melissa McNaka— if next week there's that eight-man tag that I talked about featuring Finn Balor and Bobby there will Lashley's be. ass, there will be. I'm out. I'm out. Thank you. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Number three from Michael Sean at REEB82. He says, Silver King going third person is outrageous. I love it. Also, Tamina is the cane of the women's division. Get her off my TV. That is an insult to Kane. All right. I'm going to step in here. All right. I'm not going to allow this Tamina to look a slander on my timeline. She's not Kane level. Get her off my TV screen right now, okay? Is Tamina Snuka bad? Yes. I don't know why I'm extra protective of her, but you know what she's doing? 
A good job at her role. Do you know what her role is right now? To be a heavy, to be muscle, to come out there and make mean faces. It's not that she's, like, horrific. Or if you want to have that stance on Naya, that's fine. Naya is, is, not, is not doing it right now, okay? Tamina, I'm not, no, I'm not allowing any R-Truth slander on here. I'm not allowing any team. Tamina, dude, Kane in 2018 was an insult to all of us. Well, he didn't say Kane in 2018. He said Kane, and that's an insult to Kane, who had a long and storied and very successful and good WWE career. Kane wrestled for a WWE championship in 2018. I understand. On a pay-per-view, main event, okay? Tamina's playing a bully, a, a, she's diesel to Sean right now. This is fine. I'm no, no Tamina slander on my timeline. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm okay with the Tamina slander, but I do agree with you that it, she is not the problem. Not at all. She is playing a role and doing a great job playing her role. Um, I don't think she's anything special or spectacular. She doesn't add anything to it. I thought putting her with Nia Jax made a lot of sense for a, a tag team if they're going in this women's tag team title direction, which they didn't just allude to during the Sasha Banks and Bailey rehash of the speaking engagement segment they flat out said we want to be the first women's tag team champions so like i kind of wish that it was more of a surprise and they i thought they were building us up to that at evolution now it seems like they're going to ram it down our throats leading into wrestlemania probably crown the initial champions at that show but i like them as a tag team it makes a lot of sense but not listen nia Jax is the problem you're right not tamina by the way, I didn't watch that too much of that XFL thing today. Did they announce that uh, Riyadh was one of the um, cities for XFL next year? You know what? Surprisingly, they did not. All right. All right. Just check. Instead, they decided to put XFL teams in some NFL cities that already have two teams, including New York and L.A. Good job. Train wreck. Train wreck coming. Yes. Thank you. All right. Last DM slide here from Rob Alley at Worship Nerd. Also, let I don't know what also is. Oh, he, he, he sent said. a few, so this is his final statement. Okay, so let me go ahead and activate your feel spot with this. Go with me here. Is this another booking? All right, I'll read it. Uh, this January at the Rumble, somewhere in the middle of the pack, the countdown hits zero, and the crowd is shocked to hear the iconic music of none other than the immortal Hulk Hogan. Some cheer out of sheer instinct and surprise, some boo out of well-earned disdain, but none of that matters for long because it's not Hogan. Can you feel me now, brother? It's the Velveteen Dream. Tell me that wouldn't kick all kinds of tail. Could be Hollywood. Could be prayers and vitamins. Doesn't matter. The time is right. The dream is ready. Let's do this. I think Rob Valley just nailed it. I think that's how you launch Dream on the main roster. And I think you do it ketchup and mustard. And I think you have him coming out full workout belt, full everything. That's brilliant. That's absolutely how you launch him. I love this. And by the way. I had lunch in the past week with the great TalkBox. Yes, ba- at Becky Lynchland, at TalkBox on Twitter, Bob Backlund. And uh, he had a pretty sweet brand new purple Hollywood t-shirt. Not, I'm sorry, not Hollywood, uh, Velveteen Dream. Did you see it? It's got the three circles. It kind of looks like the Macho Man logo, but it's the yep. new Velveteen one. Fantastic. It's not the spade one. It's the new one. I would totally rock So he's one of the guys who goes out when they put a new shirt on sale, spends like $35. I think so. Instead of waiting for it to go to 6 I think he's yeah. the, he's one of those okay. guys, passionate fan. One of, he's competing for the Mount Rushmore spot. By the way, that. I got the DIY shirt on Black Friday. Yeah, I got that too, the blue one. Love it. like $6, whatever percentage off. I also got the Matt Riddle NXT hat, the yellow hat, and I got the uh, Street Profits Cup. Grand total <laughs> delivered, because it was free delivery, was like $11 for yes. those three things. Holy crap, I made out. I, and I realized after the fact, everything I bought was NXT. There it is. You just nailed yeah. it. You just friggin' 
Nailed it. Uh, Field Spot, I already hit you up with my Daniel Bryan drop there. Love that. Adam, did anything tickle the fancy this week for you? Absolutely. Uh, Rusev, in his backstage promo with Lana, it's the first time in his entire WWE career I actually think they let Rusev be himself and cut a promo as the real-life weirdo that he actually (laughs) is. It was a great promo. It was funny. It made you smile. He cracked up. The Rusev day at the end went over with the crowd. Lana looked great next to him. This is an example, just like we talked about with Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy earlier in the show with Daniel Bryan with the women, of giving bullet points and letting the talent go out and cut their own promos. It was clear as night and day, all day long Tuesday, the talent were doing their own promos. This one was fantastic. I'm now excited about the Rusev Nakamura feud. Curious to see where that goes. And BC, I'm also going to offer a very quick future feel spot. Next week on SmackDown, they are going back to the rap battle with the Usos, this time with The Bar and New Day hosting. I don't think it's going to live up to last year, but last year's was so much better than I ever would have expected. I am very excited to see what rap line Cesaro drops, and I want the Usos to ether another team. Future feel spot active. Yeah, that, yeah, Rusev was fantastic this week. Uh, did you hear the news that uh, there was a leaked report that HBO's doing a Kenny Omega documentary? You all, you all in on this? Did you hear that? So I, I read about it. Apparently, a guy who does the score for documentaries, the music behind them, was on some non-wrestling podcast. And just said, by the way, have you heard of this Kenny Omega guy? I just did a score for an HBO documentary about him. If w, if they were doing a full-fledged documentary, and it's supposed to come out early 2019, I would have expected it to already be promoted. He also, when he spoke about it, he was talking more about the Golden Lovers than Kenny himself. It may be a full documentary. Maybe I'm wrong. It sounds more like it's like a part of real sports or just a, a segment that was done that he – helped produce, and everyone's running with these reports with zero confirmation from HBO or anyone you would think maybe Bill Simmons would have something to say yeah, about it, I should, I should considering he does Shoemaker. a lot of the wrestling stuff. The There's no info out shoes. there. So. I hope I hope it's Shoemaker has a talking head in it. Let's let's see a good production there from Kenny Omega. And, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll uh, wrap up our show for this week. Let me tell you something. You need to watch your mouth. All right, Kev. All right. All right, big Kev. Uh, Silver King, they can uh, they can follow. They are nowhere to follow. You got any instructions for the people this week? Anything? Well, yeah, no. Follow us at In This Corner CBS on Twitter. It's important that you follow that Twitter account and get some of this. Um, follow us also at B Campbell CBS. That's obviously for Brian. At Silverstein Adam. That's for yours truly, the Silver King. And drop the five-star review. It's all about the five. We asked for it last week. We teased the carrot of instant analysis. We got a bunch of reviews last week. The number's creeping up. We hit 400 before TLC. We will do a TLC instant analysis. If not, you're going to have to wait to the Royal Rumble. Wow, you nailed it right there. You pay. You go to come in my, on my back all the time. Oh, that's so disgusting, Andre. Did you hear that? I mean, how dare you? How, I mean, who says uh, that? And that's so who gross. Does? Uh, hey, check out our uh, In This Corner uh, Boxeo show this week, recapping all things Wilder Fury, one of the wildest and most intense and incredible heavyweight championship fights we've seen in some time. Check out our MMA show. Great interview with Joanna Young-Jacek trying to become UFC's first two-division female champion on Saturday. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's the um, the end of the interview. You know, BC, I think the state of combat is strong. Let's say goodbye. <laughs>
不要。